going to read first um, Matthew, the second chapter, beginning with the first verse. Matthew, the second chapter, beginning at the first verse. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. The star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. What are the Magi telling us through these gifts? What are the Magi telling us through these gifts? What are the Magi telling us about Jesus? The Magi, or the wise men, has intrigued us and intrigued countless generations of persons throughout the centuries. God has so placed them in the biblical story as to be integral to our understanding about who Jesus is and why he is here. The rendering of events were uncovered and told, or recovered and told by Matthew. Matthew, who was a tax collector who took meticulous notes. This story isn't told in any of the other gospels. I'm sure while Jesus was still in his earthly ministry, and even after his death, his life, death, and resurrection, Mary, the mother of Jesus, recounted this to Matthew, who was a disciple. The wise men came from the east, as stated. They, I believe, are here to tell us about this baby, who, by the way, wasn't a baby by the time they arrived. When we look at and compare the narratives, Luke talks about Jesus as a baby or infant, but this story had Jesus as a child. Luke had him being born in a manger, which is true. But of course, as we look at this scripture, we find that, the, uh, that they came to a house to see this child. Be that as may, the wise men give us an insight as to who this Jesus was, who this Jesus is, and who this Jesus is to come. 
First, we have to look at the wise men. The story tells us they came from the east. And the term that was used, Magi, gives us some direction. Out of the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, we read, quote, Magi, Eastern wise men, priests, astrologers, expert in interpreting dreams and other magic arts, men whose interpretation of the stars led them to Palestine to find and honor Jesus, a newborn king. The term has a Persian background. The earliest Greek translation of Daniel, second chapter, second verse, and tenth verse uses Magi to translate the Hebrew term for astrologer. The Magi who greeted Jesus' birth may have been from Babylon, Persia, or the Arabian de Desert. Matthew gives no number, names, or royal positions to these Magi. This gives us a clue. These weren't kings. These were astrologers. These were scientists, these were astronomers, these were experts in interpreting dreams and other magical arts. Uh, these magical arts could include, and is not limited to mediumship, divination, and uh, root work, <laughs> oh, as we call them, root doctors. But the question is, why would astrologers expert interpreting dreams and other magical arts be traveling from afar to see a Jewish king? The other question is, how would they even know about the coming of a Jewish king? And how would they even know to look for a Jewish king? How would they ever even know how to look for the sign of a, G, a, a, a Jewish king? What would root workers and magical persons that are skilled in magical arts uh, be concerned about a Jewish king. Where they come from gives us a clue. Babylon or Persia. 400 years before the time of Christ, there was a man named Daniel. He and his friends were captured and taken away from Jerusalem and brought into captivity to serve in Babylon. The king Nebuchadnezzar had a dream one night, terrified him. He brought all of the soothsayers, the magicians, astrologers, and all of those to the court and asked them to interpret his dream. However, there was one catch. They had to tell him what the dream meant. What, excuse me, they had to tell him what he dreamt first and then give the interpretation. If they couldn't do it, he said he would have them all killed. To make a long story short, they couldn't do it. And the king was about to kill them all because he said that they had been lying to him throughout all of the years. But Daniel, who was counted as one of these persons, spoke up and said to the king what he was asking was unreasonable. He said, nobody on earth could do this. He then said, but there is a God who can do this. And if you give me time, God will tell you what 
you have dreamt as well as tell you the interpretation with the dream. And certainly, we can all say, just like Daniel said, there are things that are impossible to man, but there is a God who sits high and who looks low. Daniel came back with both the dream and the interpretation, saved the lives of all of those soothsayers, witch doctors, astrologers, and root workers, and the king put Daniel in charge of all of those that he saved, and there were those that were under Daniel that hated God as well as Daniel, but then there were those under Daniel who listened to Daniel, and Daniel taught them about the things to come. Daniel, as we would say, schooled, him, schooled them about what they should look for. Daniel, as you can see in the book with his name, let people know, gave people timelines about what would happen and when things would happen. Daniel told them about the mysteries of God, the majesty of God. He wrote it in a book that bears his name. But that isn't the question that we should be asking. The question we should be asking is not so much why others would know about this God. The question is, why didn't those that were in the Jewish uh, court know about this God? Why wasn't it the high priest that knew about Jesus' birth? Why wasn't it those that were surrounding Herod that uh, didn't know about Jesus' birth. Why is it that some foreigner with all, that wasn't even a part of the Jewish religion had to come and announce the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? My brothers and my sisters, that was 400 years ago and they passed it down from generation to generation to, to look for the sign that the Savior would be born. My brothers and sisters, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus came, since Jesus lived, since Jesus died. But I tell you, my brothers and sisters, he is coming back. He's coming back again. And we're passing this word down from one generation to the next. What God said, God will do. Just like he did it then, he'll do it again. They came to the court and they asked the question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Interesting because this was the title that was given to Herod. Herod the Great, however, was going to make sure that there would only be one king of the Jews. Herod seemed interested. <clears throat> he said, and I quote, go search diligently for the child. After, after they found out where he would be born, go search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, let me know so that I might worship him also. And the wise men followed the star until it rested, and it came on top of the house and it rested there, and they came into the house. They saw Jesus. They fell down on their knees, and they worshiped him. 
the Magi from the East. Those that were, were astrologers, astronomers, scientists, those that were gifted in the magical arts, they came and they worshiped God. They worshiped this child. And they gave him gifts. And I believe that these gifts are key to understanding who Jesus was. They understood even before the Jews understood. <laughs> One gave him gold. After worshiping, they gave. You know, you give when you worship. You worship when you give. <laughs> Worshiping and giving is the same thing. They, they worshiped and they gave. Now, many scholars have thought that the gold was given to help facilitate the trip that was going to happen to Egypt. Although hastily arranged, there, this wasn't any surprise to God. And these folk were so poor, Mary and Joseph, that they, that they had to have their child born in a manger. So money would be welcome. However, one scholar thinks, and I, I happen to concur, this gift of gold was to highlight the fact that this was a king, born a king. And because the Magi were coming to hail the new king, gold makes sense as an acknowledgement of royalty. Gold was valuable, beautiful, long-lasting, and scholars generally agree that the gift of gold represented Jesus as a king with an everlasting throne. It was a treasure befitting royalty, albeit royalty in the home of a young, poor family, unquote. Isaiah had prophesied this birth. And these magi who were schooled by Daniel knew these verses. Out of Isaiah, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the sixth verse starts and says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this. Herod, who was trying to kill Jesus, he was the king of the Jews, but Herod didn't realize that this was, this, this little baby boy was the king of kings. He was the Lord of lords. He's the fairest of 10,000. Mary's little baby. The king of all. Not only did they give him uh, gold, they gave frankincense. The gift of frankincense is said to have been an acknowledgement of Jesus' priesthood, setting him apart from the typical king. Frankincense was used in temple routines, burned ceremoniously by the priests. 
It was not native to that region, however, so obtaining frankincense from the east was costly. This gift was precious in both meaning and value. Unquote, by Jack Zavadoff. This frankincense lets us know that, that this baby was not only going to be a king, but he was going to serve as a high priest as well. Because the, the priest in the temple brought frankincense into the holy of holies, the only place that the high priest could go into. Frankincense also re represented the prayers of the saints. Frankincense. Let us know that we do not have, as Hebrews, the fourth chapter, 15 verse says, we do not have a high priest who cannot empathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. This word, this God became flesh and dwelt among us. And he serves not only as the king, hopefully, prayerfully, you make him the king of your heart, but he serves also as our high priest that stands between God and man, making things right between man and God. Not only did they bring, bring, bring gold that makes us realize that he was a king. Not only did they bring frankincense that let us know that he is the high priest, but they brought myrrh, the most bittersweet of gifts. Out of Wikipedia, myrrh had been imported to Egypt in droves for embalming Rituals and the practice filtered out through the surrounding areas. Even without the mummification process, myrrh was connected with death and burial. A disheartening gift for a new mother to hold, yet delightful in light of her understanding of his purpose. Unquote. David Jeremiah asked the question that. What lady or what person would go to a baby shower and bring as one of the gifts embalming fluid? No one would. But the embalming fluid is a signal. It represents the fact that not only would this Jesus be a king, not only would this Jesus be a high priest, but this baby Jesus boy would be a sacrifice for your sins and for my sins. We look at this point at the murder that was given and we go and flash forward 33 years later and in three years of ministry Jesus has healed the sick 
but healing the sick couldn't save us. Jesus has raised the dead, but raising the dead couldn't save us. Jesus has unstopped the ears of the deaf, but unstopping the ears of the deaf couldn't save us. Jesus has opened the eyes of the blind, but opening the eyes of the blind couldn't save us. At last, this baby boy, 33 years later, which was signified and signaled by this gift, had to go to an old rugged cross and die for you and die for me. The song goes, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, I have a question to ask. Because the Magi, they brought gold. They brought frankincense. They brought myrrh. But what do you bring? How do you honor God? This is the fourth Sunday, last day, last Sunday in the year. Usually on the third Sunday, we celebrate Christmas by having the senior choir and the tiny tots or the junior choirs sing with the senior choir. And they asked the question, what can I give him? Poor as I am, if I were a shepherd, I would bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I should do my part. So what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. My brothers and sisters, we pray that as you heard that the wise man has given gold, the wise man gave frankincense, the wise man gave myrrh, we pray, Heavenly Father, that we pray right now that all those that are listening will give him their heart. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen.